You're listening to Obiter, a Toronto-based podcast presented by Titan Defense LLP, where we endeavor to bring you commentary and summaries of criminal cases from the courts for Ontario. Please note that this is meant to be used as an informative aid in bringing these cases to your attention. This podcast is not a substitute to reading full cases. Hello, hello, hello. Sinisha Bisteri, Titan Defense LLP, listening to Obiter. I'm here with my partner. This is Kabir Sharma, criminal defense lawyer and partner at Titan Defense LLP. And we're going to talk about a case for you guys. Yeah, the case we have uh, picked for you to provide some comments on is uh, Tutu. That's a 2021 ONCA 805. So this was a case where uh, the appellant was convicted of a number uh, of offenses, including willfully obstructing police officers, illegal possession of a firearm, uh, and others. And at trial, he argued that the arresting police officer, this this was another motor vehicle stop uh, case, and at trial, he argued that the police officer, police constable Mark Hankin, violated several of his uh, charter rights, including Section 9, 10B, uh, and Section 8, uh, that all was flowing and as well um, uh, racial profiling uh, as well and and this is a case that we really want to focus mostly on the arbitrary detention aspect of this uh, of this case um, but uh, and we'll provide some commentary I think Kabir definitely has something to say about the fact that the Court of Appeal uh, refused to provide any commentary on the racial profiling element yeah I mean we'll get into that after but let's talk about the uh the arbitrary stop here. So the, the factual background briefly is that uh, Police Constable Hankin was driving through the parking lot of a Barry Hotel on a general patrol. He testified that he noticed a black Chrysler with fresh yellow paint markings on the front quarter panel, including possible damage. He pulls behind the car, uh, runs a computer check and sees the plate uh, is, belongs to a rental motor vehicle. And he gets out of his cruiser and approaches the car. Um, he said that he initially thought the car was unoccupied. And eventually sees two occupants in the motor vehicle and uh, when he realizes that he asks the appellant to roll uh, his window down he's a black man and was wearing a black hoodie he had a set of gold teeth known uh, as to what the officer called a grill and um, there was also another occupant miss henry and they were sharing a marijuana joint which um, uh, tutu passed mr tutu passed to her and uh, uh, police constable Hankin asked them both to put the joint out and to turn down the music. And then he asked for their names. So what uh, ensues effectively is that he gets the names of the, the female uh, as well as Mr. Tutu. Mr. Tutu provides a different name. Yeah, the cop asked him to spell his name and he, w- he wasn't able to spell his own name. But he gave it to the police. <laughs> and right away, the cop was like, yeah, yeah buddy, yeah. I think there's something up here. Exactly. So, <laughs> And then another police officer comes on scene. I think they arrest the female for possessing marijuana. I, I love these fake names. Marcus Anthony and the second fake name is Ben Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like... <laughs> I mean, in, in fairness to him, he was probably pretty toasted by, yeah, by this I point. Mean, like, yeah. So anyway, um, I think... Really, the, the important aspect of this case for me is the issue of uh, arbitrary detention. And arbitrary detention, as we know, Kabir, comes in two forms. You've got um, when someone is physically detained, which is the more obvious uh, yeah. of the two, and then there's psychological detention. Um, so 
What specifically in this case do you think led to psychological detention? Well, I mean, there's a police officer at the window of your car asking you for, like, you know, identification. Right. And you're, I mean, like, the, you know, like, Lee is that Supreme Court case that says that you have to assess, um, like, the detention or the psychological detention that somebody has based on their own experiences. And somebody as, as a member of a racialized community has different perspectives of the police. Right. Right. They're, like, maybe there's some kind of alienation. They feel probably like they're detained every single time they're speaking to a police officer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't feel like they can walk away. Right. Right. And this is where I have a problem um, with this case. The issue here is the Court of Appeal, they declined to address the, the cops um, or the Mr. Tutu's claim that he was racially profiled and, and detained. And granted, the trial judge at that time didn't have the advantage of Lee, which mm -hmm. came out at the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. However, the Court of Appeal, I mean, I, with these facts, it's entirely available for the court to have concluded that there was um, some kind of racial element here. Right. Right. And declining to address the issue because the case wasn't out, I think is a giant cop-out. You know, this is another opportunity for the, the Court of Appeal to kind of like make a statement on this issue, which they need to do repeatedly over and over again. Because what we do know is that it takes multiple attempts for the police to really understand um, an issue. Like, for example, rights to counsel. The cops don't understand that. And the, court, <laughs> and the Court of Appeal has come out with like a dozen cases saying, listen, like, you know, we're going to stay charges now. In the superior, even the superior court, we're going to stay charges now because you clearly don't understand what immediate or without delay means, right? And the more often it happens, and I'm finding that police are getting much, much better at giving rights to counsel because the second a bunch of these kind of cases are tossed out because of some failure on the part of the police, the more often that happens, the more they're going to change the way they operate. And in this case, I think the more often you tell the police that, you know, I guess it's not really intentional, but to engage in a more thoughtful investigation mm -hmm. to at least like, you know, not make it seem that you're doing it because the person is like in a, of a racial minority. I don't know. It may have some benefit. I think that it's something any opportunity the court should get. It's a hot issue right now and, and they should be, um, you know, commenting on it when they can. Is it necessary in this case? No. Is it, I, I is it easy for them to say, yeah, we don't want to talk about it? Yeah, they don't want to make a cop seem like they're racist, right? Right, Obviously, and I but. think that's the, that's the point, right? The Court of Appeal is, from their perspective, is if they can get away with not touching it, then that's what they're going to do, and that's what happened in well, this, this instance. Is not a, this is not one of those issues that you don't touch. Sure. Right? You're not doing it because it's like it's easier for you. Right. Right? Like, that's the thing. This is, I, I feel like this is the harder way to deal with this case. Right. Other than dealing with the uh, the race issue, so so going know. going back to the arbitrary detention um, element of it, it's it, they conceded that the psychological detention is a difficult part to establish, and um, they noted that in Grant, what was said it was that it, arbitrary detention is established either where the individual has a legal obligation to comply with the restrictive request or demand or a reasonable person would conclude by reason of the state conduct that he or she had no choice but to comply. And then they go to the the, the three factors that Grant talks about in paragraph 44. Um, and, and they talk about also the Thompson decision, which uh, Justice Jamal 
uh, wrote as he then was that's uh, that, the that, is, that the, is that the 10b or something like that is that, is that the one where like they stayed the charges as a result of a 10b or is that the thompson and brampton I'm th- i think i'm thinking of the wrong one possibly but it says th- this case they said is remarkably close to the thompson decision okay. and again they said in fairness to the trial judge thompson was released after the trial judge had made this decision and uh, what they indicated was that in Thompson, the appellant was sitting in a parked car when two police cruisers or- arrived and boxed him in that uh, he could not leave. He was arrested for possession of the butt of a marijuana joint. His car was searched incident to arrest and the police found other drug paraphernalia and cocaine. He was charged and convicted for possession of cocaine for the purpose of trafficking. And they actually, in the first instance, distinguished this case from Thompson, indicating that while the police couldn't have one argument was that the police couldn't have arbitrarily detained uh mr tutu's car because he didn't even know it was occupied at the time and the court of appeal went on to reject that argument and fair enough because it doesn't matter it's it's what's the factual background is it it detained or not and so uh, at paragraphs 21 and 22 the court of appeal here says in our view the circumstances giving rise to the encounter in this case support a finding that a reasonable person in the appellant's position would believe he was detained when the police have obstructed his car approached it or knocked on the window which is so true that's entirely true what are you supposed to think you can just get out of the car after that and walk away that's There's right. no chance there was psychological detention here so the and and at paragraph 23 this is i think crucial here that it says that the trial judge stated that in quotes nothing prevented mr tutu or miss henry from exiting the vehicle end quote and impliedly their ability to leave on foot he pointed out that the video surveillance showed that the appellant and miss henry had earlier left the vehicle to return to the hotel i think this line of reasoning is absurd yeah dude look at the next line on paragraph 24 go for but it. the view that these factors meant there was no detention is com- completely unrealistic Perfect. That's exactly the way everyone was thinking. 100%. And, and it goes on to say that per, first, Police Constable Hankin testified that he told the appellant to just wait here and that he was going to run their names through the system and he could be right back. He added that he possibly even told them to stay in their car. Such language would lead a reasonable person to conclude that he or she was not free to leave. The officer's testimony that if they exited the vehicle, he would not have stopped them does not bear <laughs> up to scrutiny. Yeah, no chance. And Try that. I, I dare you. Honestly, <laughs> Honestly, I, it blows my mind yeah. the testimony that I get from police officers on this issue. In the same case that I was talking about where they boxed my client's car in, that was a question I asked the officer because he continually said they were free to leave, they were free to leave. And I was like, how are they free to leave? Dude, you literally have your car in front of their car. Exactly. And you think I'm, they get out and start running? Like, that's okay? And the analogy I gave him that I asked him, I said, so you're saying they were free to leave just because they were free to leave on foot. Assuming that that's even true, if let's say you go to the mall, practically speaking, you go to the mall and you park your car and somebody boxes you in. This is the question I asked the officer. Do you just then say, oh, well, my car's boxed in. I'm going to go ahead and leave the mall. <laughs> No, of course not. That line of reasoning is absolutely absurd. And I think that any police who actually say to you with a straight face that they would not have detained or stopped an individual that they are investigating for one thing yeah, or another. Free to go. That they're free to go. Yeah. Is, yeah. It's, it's absurd. absurd. It's absurd. There's no chance. For sure. I think this is this is another important case, uh, albeit I know, Kabir, you weren't so impressed with them not addressing the 
I mean, it's useful. Facial like, don't I, I, I don't get it twisted. It's a useful case, right? Of course, but at the same time, like, I just don't like this attitude. But whatever, man. That's more of a personal issue for me. It doesn't really have much but, to do. I mean, with, you like, know, like frankly, I think, um, I think it's it's good that we see more and more defense counsel bringing these cases. It's important to push the racial profiling aspect or element, you know, especially with things that. You know, the officer makes a, a notation of someone wearing a grill. You know, what significance yeah. does that bear? You know, or that, you know, these experts that come and talk about how firearms and drugs are, you know, associated with Gucci satchels and yeah. things of that. I mean, you really, you're, you're, you're just, it's, it's confirmation bias. That's the problem. It, it is. It is. And it's important. And it, and it goes to the way that at the end of the day, like what they're trained to do too, right? I mean, like, let's not get it twisted, man. Like most Gucci satchels in Toronto do have a, <laughs> do have a gun in them, but like, I don't think that's the point. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the point. And, I mean, and that's the whole point, right? It's not that the end doesn't justify the means, and that's why we have the charter, you know, applied in the way that it's applied. In this case, there's no denying it. This was a fishing expedition. Yeah, it was. You see a motel. You see a car stopped in a motel. You're yeah. thinking drugs, prostitution. Oh, and you have a black guy sitting in the front with a grill? With a girl? (laughs) He must also be a pimp, too. 100%. You know, that's exactly what's running through this cop's head. Yeah. Maybe he was uh, hiding his real name because of rival gang members. (laughs) (laughs) Ben Dan. All righty. Hope you guys found this episode helpful. Yeah, I hope it was entertaining as well. Thanks for listening to Obiter, presented by Titan Defense LLP. The courts for Ontario are not affiliated with this podcast and did not produce or participate in its creation.